Well, I have a really important question to ask each of you today. The question is, what's most important to you? What is most important to you about the Super Bowl? Because we have a lot of things going on with the Super Bowl, and I know, for those that maybe don't know, that's the, that's the end game of the professional football playoffs. The two teams will compete are the Chiefs and the 49ers, and that's happening tonight. And I know a lot of people call this Super Bowl Sunday, but this is just a normal, regular Sunday where we get to worship our Savior today. But my question is, who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for the Chiefs? Are you rooting for the 49ers? Are you rooting for good commercials? Are you rooting for good entertainment or snacks? Uh, or you get, a lot of people get together and parties and things. Uh, but the Super Bowl is a big event. And it's a big event where a lot of people have, they put a lot of stock into this event. I mean, there's a lot of storylines. I mean, I mean, think about Brock Purdy, and not, not pretty, Purdy. Brock Purdy, a year ago, almost two years ago, was the last pick in the draft. Almost nobody wanted him. And now he's the starting quarterback for the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I mean, there's some really cool stuff. But are, where are we putting our importance? Are we putting our importance tonight in one of the, one of the teams, in, in something else? Maybe we just don't care, and that's okay. I care, but that doesn't mean you have to care. You know, we're, we're going to pass on to what we love. What, what's important to us, what we value, is what we're going to be passing on to the next generation. And what we love is Jesus. I hope what we love is Jesus. Loving Jesus with all our heart and all our soul, all our mind and strength. And one of the things that we've been looking at is the last couple of weeks is looking at what is our overall mission of East Bend. What, how are we, like what are we doing, what are we trying to do, what is God calling us to do? And so our, today we're going to be looking at de- developing disciples. And that's really the first wording of our mission statement. Now I know we're doing it last, but I had a reason for that. But developing disciples who are reaching people with Jesus' transforming gospel. And so it's important to know, understand what the gospel is. The, the gospel is the good news of Jesus. The gospel message is powerful. And, and Jesus transforms each person through the gospel, through, through that good news of salvation. And the, for those who have, are willing to accept and believe and put their life into Jesus' hands as Lord and Savior of their life, and then last week we looked at how we are, we are on mission of reaching people. And, and we looked at how the, Jesus called the fishermen to come and follow him. And, be, and he's going to make them disciples with a mission of catching people, not, to, not like fish to cook them, but to save them. Okay? And so then today we're looking at this idea of what does it mean to develop disciples? And, and that's, that's our goal. We want to be developing disciples who are reaching people with Jesus' transforming gospel. And when you think about this word developing, it's, it's a word that, that's... I, don't, I didn't actually look up what the definition of it is, but it's this idea of it's, it's a process. It's not that we made a disciple and it's over, but there's this ongoing process of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to follow Jesus. And as at East Bend, we're saying we're following Jesus together. We want to be following Jesus. We're in the process of following Jesus. We didn't just do it one time a while ago or 
for a season of our life, but we're constantly following after Jesus, doing what he wants us to do on mission, and we're going to be looking at that today. So if you would, uh, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 28, if you would turn there with me. Uh, These are the last words recorded by the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew was a tax collector before Jesus called him, and um, then Matthew wrote um, this this first Gospel. Um, He he wrote it more in a way for the Jews to understand. Um, So... But in this last chapter of Matthew 28, Jesus, first of all, we just sang about it, he conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. He, he had died, and he was in the grave, and he rose from the dead. He conquered sin and death. And so Matthew writes about that in the first part of, of the last chapter, Matthew 28. And then we're going to get to this, this part of Matthew 28, the very last few verses in Chapter 28, verse 16. Are you with me? Are there? All right. All right, verse 16 says, Then the eleven, that's the disciples, minus Judas, uh, then the eleven went to Galilee to a mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, that's Jesus, they worshipped him. But some doubted. They worshipped Jesus. But some doubted. Jesus isn't coming to them and saying, stop doubting. But Jesus is receiving their worship. And these people, these men, that have followed Jesus for, we think, about three years. They followed Jesus through His ministry. And now they're at the end and they see Jesus is risen from the dead. This is not the first time they've seen Jesus risen from the dead. We see that in other Gospels, some other stories. But Jesus is there, and they worship him on top of this mountain. And so I wonder what the, what the disciples are then thinking. Okay, now, now is finally the time, Jesus, that we're going to kick out the Romans. Now is finally the time that we're going to do kind of what we thought the Messiah was, was supposed to do. And Jesus said this. Verse 18, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Pause right there for a moment. All authority... All authority, not just on earth, but all in heaven. Everywhere, all authority is under Jesus. Jesus has all authority. And, and someday, Jesus is going to return. And it says in Philippians that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess all over the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so everyone is going to acknowledge at some point that Jesus is Lord. And so here we see that Jesus has all authority. And, and these 11 know, they've experienced that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And now they're about to get their mission, their assignment. So in verse 18, it says this. Or it, it says, um, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pause there because Jesus has had all authority. So the first thing we need to remember with all authority, if we are having, if we are worshiping Jesus, if we are following Jesus, then we need to remember that He has all authority, and that He is fully God, He's fully man, and we come under His leadership, under His lordship. So if we choose 
accept His free gift of salvation, then, it's, then we live a life that we're following after Jesus. And surely that, that first part of developing disciples looks like being discipled by Jesus. So we, we have this chance that we have a relationship with Jesus where He wants to teach us. He wants to show us. He wants us to learn and grow. He wants us to yield to Him as Lord. And sometimes I, I say I talk about believers, but really we need to talk about people when we talk about Jesus and what we believe. It's not just that we believe, but we also respond by, by knowing that Jesus is Lord. So Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. He's the Lord and Savior. And being our Lord means that Jesus is in charge. It means that whatever Jesus says, we say yes. And that also means we ask Jesus, what do you want? Jesus, how do you want me to live? Jesus, what is the next steps I need to take? How, how do I talk to these people? How do I um, have a career? Whatever it is, Jesus, show me. I'm, I'm yours. And Jesus said to his disciples in, earlier in Matthew, in six, verse, uh, chapter 16, 24, Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must first deny themselves Take up their cross and follow me. So, living a life of a disciple means that we are saying no to ourselves. And I don't know about you, but that's not very easy for me. Saying no to what I want. Saying no to what I want regularly, every day, constantly. No to what I want, and yes to what Jesus wants. Taking up our cross, that means we're, we're following him even to death. We're following it. We're, we're putting down anything that we want to do, and we're saying, Jesus, whatever you want, you're our master, you're our Lord, you're in charge. And Jesus says, Follow me. So we come under his lordship, we yield to the Lord, and we say, Lord, whatever you say, I will obey. And that's one of the things in seminary that they taught me. Uh, one of the things I came away with, one of the best prayers that we can pray is, Lord, whatever you say, I will obey. And I know that's like kind of a simple thing. There's a lot of things I learned in seminary, but that was, that was really key. Like, whatever you say, God, whatever you say, Jesus, Master, you're in charge. I want to do, and I, I submit to doing what you want me to do. So when Jesus says, therefore, go, now think about this. He says, therefore, go. Now last week, we, we looked at how Jesus had just called his disciples and said, come and follow me. Right? Come follow me. But now he's saying, therefore, because I have all, of, all authority, I want you to go. Now, I don't know if I, if I was a disciple, I think I would be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, go. You just told us to come a few years ago. We like coming. We like being with you. We don't want to go somewhere else from you. So why is it that you want me to go? And where, do I, where should I go? But really, I don't want to. I like the idea of coming and staying with you and learning from you. And Jesus says, go make disciples. So, make disciples. Well, isn't that what Jesus did? He made disciples? Jesus made disciples? Yeah, so the disciples are now realizing, okay, well, our job is like Jesus, of making disciples. Jesus is in the business of multiplication. 
And I wonder if they're thinking then, well, where are we supposed to find these disciples that we're going to make? And so then Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. We sang about that too this morning, the hope of nations. Jesus is the hope of nations. Without Jesus, we have no hope. And so people all over the world in every nation, every tribe, every tongue, need to hear about Jesus and His love. And so that is crazy to think about how these 11 men, their assignment was to go everywhere, tell everyone. Now, they, they could have just frozen up and been like, that's too hard, I can't do that. That's, that's impossible. Well, guess what Jesus had said? Everything is impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible. And so, he says he wants them to go to all nations. Now, literally, were these 11 men going to every nation? Not, not really. Uh, actually, no, they didn't. Because, but they were in the business of, remember, Jesus is in the business of multiplication. He's multiplying, not just the, the loaves and the bread for, for food, but he's, he's multiplying his message. He's multiplying people. So that more and more people know about Jesus. More and more people love Jesus. More and more people see others that love Jesus and they go and share his message with them. And so Jesus is the hope of nations. Jesus says, make disciples of all nations and he says, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not just in my name, Jesus says. Not just in the name of the Father. Also the Spirit, but all three. This is, this is important, that we are to baptize people understanding that God is one. But God has three persons. Dwayne preached about this recently. But that we have a God that is in perfect relationship with Himself. Don't think about that too long because that can make your brain hurt. <laughs> but God is in this perfect relationship with all three parts of Himself. And he, joined, he asked us to enter into that relationship, to be with Him in this perfect unity. And so, we need to be doing the teaching. Jesus has sent us out to do the teaching, to show people and tell people about Him. But when Jesus sent them out before, other times, He never sent them out on individually. He sent them out two by two. He sent them together so that together they can work on helping each other and reminding each other to put their trust in Jesus. And, and even when it's hard and even when people are rejecting the message, that they have each other. And I think this is a great picture. I think this is a great picture because developing disciples looks like living like disciples with His mission. It's together, we look like we're disciples. We look like we're doing what God wants. We look like Whatever Jesus says, we have this attitude of we're going to obey. We have this, we're living on mission. There's this uh, organization called YWAM. It sounds funny if you've never heard it. YWAM. YWAM. But um, it stands for youth as a mission. Youth on a mission. YWAM. And this, this organization, they train youth. My brother-in-law went when he was younger, and he went all over the world, first he was trained 
in the gospel and how to understand the gospel. And then he, they sent him out to many nations around the world to share the love of Jesus and to, give, uh, to share the hope of nations with people. And so, why wham? I mean, I think this is to be all of us. This is where we all are on a mission. Now, maybe not literally going to different nations or going to different places, but we all have places that we go every day. We all have places in our communities, in our friendship circles, in our employment or schooling. We have places where we know people. And being a disciple and developing disciples looks like living like disciples. Now, there's a lot of people that don't want to have anything to do with Jesus' disciples, doesn't want to have anything to do with church, because they've seen how Jesus' followers don't look anything like Jesus. And so that turns people away from Jesus. Followers of Jesus turn people away from Jesus. It's so sad. But let's be following Jesus together. Let's be living like disciples with a mission. J.D. Greer, in his book about the Gospel, he says, people who really believe the Gospel show it by becoming like the Gospel. And he says, Some saturated in the grace, or someone that's saturated in the grace of the Gospel develops an almost insane ability to forgive. When we're saturated in the Gospel, when we are just are digging in God's Word and, and, and His good news, His relationship with us, and we're just all in with Jesus, it's almost hard not to forgive. But forgiveness is a hard thing, I know. But, and we all have probably experienced that. But people that are really believing and living out the Gospel are becoming like the Gospel. Like the Gospel of, of Jesus saving people. We're not the ones saving. Jesus is the one saving. But we're showing people, we're pointing people to the hope that is only in Jesus Christ. So are we yielding to the Lord, saying, whatever you want me to say, I will do? Are we surrendering to His Lordship? Are we being discipled by Jesus? Are we living like disciples? You know, There's a thing out here above the door that says, you are now entering your mission field. I don't know how many years ago that was put there, but that's our mission field. We are to live like disciples, showing people out there the love of Jesus. So is that, our, is that what we want to do? That's our calling. Jesus calls His disciples to go to the ends of the earth. And that doesn't just mean the ends there, that it also means where we are. But go and, and tell them and baptize people. And he says, after this, in, in verse 20, after he has said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. Now, I don't know about you, but we can read the Bible a lot still not remember every single thing that Jesus has commanded us. So that sounds like a really hard thing to do. How are we supposed to obey everything if he said a lot of things? Well, we have a really cool gift called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit 
lives in the believers, in those who have put their trust in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit helps us remember. Remember what Jesus said and how He wants us to live. And it also helps us remember how to teach and show people what Jesus was all about. So we have this, this great news that the Holy Spirit is with us. This, and He reminds us of all the things Jesus said. But I want to remind you guys, or, or show you, sometimes in English, unless you're in the South, we just say, you. I mean, sometimes in the North or up here we say, you all, or you guys. But Jesus here is saying, I'm going to be with you. And He's not talking about Matthew. He's not talking about Thomas. He's not talking about James. He's talking about all of them. And therefore, also, all of us. Jesus is with all of us. He says this in the plural, that Jesus is with you. He's with all of us. So let that be... We're not, we're not going out and doing this on our own. We have each other, but we also have Jesus. He's with us always, all to the end of the age, to the very end of the age. And so, if Jesus is with us, and we are living as disciples living under His Lordship, living on mission, then it's just naturally that we're going to be pouring out, pouring into other disciples. So whatever is poured into us, then we can pour into others. And, and empty people can't pour. It doesn't matter how much you try, but if you have an empty pitcher of whatever, it used to be lemonade or something. You can try this later today. After it's been poured out, there's nothing in there. You can try to, to see how much you can pour out into all the cups. And if it's empty, you're not going to be able to pour out anything. If it's just a little bit, you're only going to be able to pour just a little bit into different cups. But Jesus wants us to pour into other disciples. He wants us to be influenced on the way that they live. He wants us to encourage each other in the church and outside the church to be followers of Jesus, to be developing disciples is part of pouring into people. Is pouring into people is part of developing disciples. And, and in John 7.38, Jesus said, Whoever believes in Me, as Scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. If we believe and trust in the name of Jesus, if we, if we have our life in Jesus and we trust Him, Jesus says that we have rivers of living water that flow out of us. So let's not stop the rivers of living water. Let's, let's let the li rivers of living water come from the Lord. Let's be in His Word. Let's be seeking Him. Let's be soaking in His Word and, and letting, letting the rivers of living water come to us from Him. But then let's not just hold it up for us. Yes, we do need to get full. We need to have, experience Jesus in relationship. But Jesus also wants us to let the, the li living waters flow out of us to other people. He wants us to pour into other people's lives. And so... We can say that, but are we going to live that? 
And disciples who follow Jesus together develop disciples. And what I mean by this is disciples who are all in with following Jesus individually and then collectively, what happens then naturally is disciples are going to be developed. Disciples are made. Disciples are, are poured into. Disciples are growing. Because when we all are keeping our eyes on Jesus, and we are all seeking Him, we're all being filled by Him, and we all have living waters flowing out of us, discipleship happens. And disciples are being developed. So we can know all that. We can believe all that. But do we really want that? Because what we want is usually what we go after. I mean, I like football a lot. And I read about football a lot. And I watch football. Now, thankfully, probably for my wife, after the game tonight, there's no more football until preseason starts in August. Except for the USFL, yeah. USFL. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> but we follow, like what we, what we follow, what we think is valuable, what we put our mind, what we put our heart into, that's what's going to, that's where we, we value. Like, this is the proof that you're a disciple is if you live it. Our actions reveal what we really love. And if someone says they love Jesus, but all they really love is watching football and finding out the latest. And, and football is just the fill in the blank. It could be anything. They, they really just want to know the latest. They want to know the newest. They want to know all the ideas and, and really are into everything. That's, that's showing what they really value. That's showing what they really love. And I'm not trying to say it's wrong to value some other things, but but that's not following Jesus. If we are following Jesus, then that's what we're going to value. We're going to put our, our stock into Jesus. We're going to invest into Him. So do we want to become disciples? Do we want to experience His life? Do we want to grow and develop disciples together? Do we want to experience His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we've been praying in the Lord's Prayer. We want to follow Jesus together. You know, I know sometimes this is kind of hard to, to remember how to talk about the Gospel. You know, we, we can follow Jesus, but then we want to tell people or we want to show people, but it's kind of hard to remember all the, the steps and all the, the things of what it means to understand the Gospel. Well, there's this small little book called The Gospel Threads by David Platt. And this book, it's all about weaving the good news into everyday life. How to have conversations with people throughout the week about just bringing up Jesus and bringing up the good news and bringing up how that fits into our life. And this is um, something that we're going to be going through uh, leading up to Easter. So in a few weeks, we're uh, going to be preaching through this. And this is a, the idea of this is to help us all to, first of all, really have a clear understanding of what the, each part of the gospel really means, like how, how that is, but then also that we would be able to 
get into conversations with people and talk to people. And last week I challenged you to be praying for a person. Praying for a person that you can be, that, that doesn't know Jesus. And, and this week, I want you to keep praying for that person. Maybe think about someone else and pray for. But soon, I want you to be looking for opportunities of how you can speak God's truth into them. How you can teach them and show them the good news of, of the gospel. And so, disciples who follow Jesus together, they develop disciples. And in this mission statement, we have it here at East Bend, we, you know, we have this developing disciples. How do we do that? We do that with Jesus' transforming gospel. It's all about the gospel of Jesus, and the gospel of Jesus transforms us, and that's how, God, that's how disciples are made. And we have that are reaching people. And reaching people doesn't happen because we just all think we should. It happens because of the transforming gospel that Jesus gives. The transforming gospel. And so all this, the way we live this out, developing disciples at East Bend, developing disciples in our personal lives, developing disciples ourselves as disciples, that are reaching people with Jesus' transforming gospel, that all happens because of Jesus and with Jesus. Jesus said, he didn't say, go and I'll, I'll hear about it later. He said, go and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is with us. And developing disciples, this is an active thing. We're, we're being discipled. We're living like disciples. We're pouring into other disciples. We're following Jesus together. We're learning how to do this in community. So I want you to think, and it's on the bottom of your sermon notes, but I want you to think about this week. How are you actively involved in developing disciples? Here's some different ideas that, that we have in here. How you could be living out Jesus' mission. You could, you could pray for someone or encourage them by sending them Scripture. You could sign up to serve in a, in a kids' ministry or, or some way at the church or other ministry opportunities. You could confess sins to others, someone that you trust, and be accountable to them. And that should be another believer. Uh, you can participate in a Bible study. We have Bible studies on Wednesday nights. 6.45. Um, or Sunday school class. We have four really good Sunday school classes for adults uh, that meet at 9.30 on Sundays. You could sign up for a men's or women's retreat. And we have there's some information in the bulletin about that. Those are both in April. But that's a great opportunity to be developing disciples. Or, you know, the MLT, our missional leadership team, has been asking for volunteers to help have a community building event, some, some way that we're going to have some fellowship together. So you, There's opportunities if you want to plan something or if you just have an idea. But there's ways that we can be developing disciples with Jesus' transforming gospel, not on our own, together with Jesus. Now let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the one we look to. Lord, we thank you that you are the, the one who makes disciples. And that even though you call us to this, what seems to be impossible task, we thank you, God, that you are with us in every step. I pray that, God, we would be a, a church that develops disciples. But not on our own accord, but with you, with your transforming gospel. That, God, we would be a church that 
We follow you together. And whatever you say, we will do and obey, even if it's hard. So God, we just commit this to you. We thank you that you are the one that saved us. You are the one that came and showed us how to live the perfect life. You're the one who laid it all down for me and for all that put their trust in you. Jesus, we thank you that you did that for us. And Lord, we ask that we would show other people that you are alive, that there's life only in you, and that we have eternity not just later, but we have life now. And so Jesus, we just ask that you would give us boldness to share this message with others. We ask that you would give us courage. We ask that we would be obedient to whatever you're calling us. And we pray for all this in your mighty name. Amen.